1: When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewinder up with John Pollick and waiting. The 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewinder up for Monday night, Downloaded Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewinder up for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade, take the mic. Hello and welcome to Rewind to Raw. It is John Pollock here alongside Wei Ting here on Monday night coming out of three hours of Raw on Evansville in Evansville, Indiana.
0: Yes, yes. What sounds better? Holiday
1: Monday, sit back, watch three hours of Raw from Evansville, Indiana. Sounds fun. I mean, it could be worse.
0: No, Um, it can't.
1: uh, I don't know. Nothing's coming to mind. But it was uh, was a show tonight.
0: I mean, you could you could be in a. I'm in a
1: bad. I'm I'm in a bad mood. I'm just going to start off just with that, (laughs) so it's going to reflect in my overall tone. Uh, But sometimes, yeah, you have.
0: Why are you in a bad mood? What 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 do you have to
1: complain about? I don't. I don't want to get into it.
0: How are you? You, you, So it's is it outside of wrestling or is it the wrestling that that's got you in a bad mood?
1: Um, it's it's not specific to raw it is it is work related but it is not uh and nothing way related but it 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 is me related okay i'm i'm very upset with myself right now
0: you do you do you want to talk about it no i don't i don't really because this is
1: this is a fresh wound that i'm not ready to uh uh deal with right now okay Okay. well whatever you're ready you just let let us know no yeah how are you how was your night how i i hear fireworks Wild, a lot of, wild scene in the in, outside.
0: Yeah, a lot of fireworks. A lot of fireworks. Um, in my neighborhood, a lot of fireworks all day, including during the daytime. Daytime you know, I, fireworks. That's yeah, sort of um, oxymoron. it's a, it's a, well, it's a waste of money, is what it is. Yeah, my my, my who, wife who, and I.
1: Who sets off fireworks outdoors? Dude, I have no idea. In the
0: sun? I don't know. But like my wife and I, like we took a walk earlier today, out just in the neighborhood through some parks and just bang 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 and i mean it was fireworks everybody okay before yeah. you you make any jokes like, it's a
1: distinct sound you know
0: the yeah and, like we see smoke and and like, i don't i don't i don't get it like who who can appreciate these these fireworks you know when during when the light's still out so
1: maybe it's for um, little kids that can't stay up late till when it's dark
0: i suppose so like is that it's like it, what's the point at that is point that worth
1: it if I was like yeah. six years old and I'm watching this, I'd be like, "What's the big deal about fireworks? If I'm watching them, I'm not going to grow up to appreciate fireworks." Wait I till mean, I'm old enough;
0: they're totally overrated, like, really, yeah. and they're terrible for dogs. Oh yeah, um, bad probably for the environment, you know. I'm, I'm, I, like, I don't hate fireworks, okay? Like, uh, one in special occasions, I think they should be limited to like, you know, like one communal blast of fireworks. Like we, well, oh, okay. It's like at this time we all look up in the sky, we all enjoy the fireworks once, and that's it. You know, save it for once next a year, year is good.
1: We we have the sandwich together in the middle where we're gonna do this whole song and dance again in like five weeks for Canada Day.
0: Exactly. Like, do we need? Why? Like, does Queen Victoria really need fireworks? You know, come on. Once a year is fine. Canada. What if Day. we had
1: different traditions instead of um. Fireworks. Like instead we um we like washed our cars during the day or something to show our love for the country. mandatory car wash. What if it rains that day? Then you know what? That's that's nature taking celebrating.
0: See, I don't. I think that's a great idea. That's very productive actually. Because you know, I mean, cars need washing. Yeah. Like, how about just like you know, National Do Your Laundry Day? Like instead of fireworks, let's just use our energy to do something productive. You know. You know, at the
1: be- at the beginning of the pandemic, my street they they tried to start this thing where it was like the first week of it, and everyone's at home. So at seven o'clock at night, they were all going to come out, and everyone was going to sing. What I think this lasted all of one time, where they tried to get the like the street to like come out and like what sing. what song? They were like playing music. I shouldn't say singing, like singing along with like music that they were playing. Like
0: what, what kind what kind of music? Like pop- I did
1: Wait, do you think I took part in this? I was listening from my office here. I'm just
0: kind of curious. Like, what what song would be known well enough that they they could encourage a, a communal choir?
1: I can't remember. It's it's right at the beginning of the pandemic. You know what? I'm just th- this is actually getting me out of my my bad mood. Can I just go on a few segues here?
0: Please, yes.
1: Okay. The other night, I was going back to find the, the the show you and i did uh with david bixenspan right after the dark side episode so that was may of 2020 mm-hmm. and i'm scrolling back and just like i never go back and listen to our shows but i was very curious to go listen to the night of like that dynamite the night when rudy gobert tests positive for covid and everything is about to begin mm-hmm. it's like tom Let's hanks go. yes tom hanks which you okay. you brought up uh And we're talking about this like minutes after Dynamite ends. And, dude, you like nailed pretty much. We're discussing like, you know, there's no way you can go forward with with WrestleMania. And you're like, you know what? WWE is going to do shows no matter what, unless the government actually stops them. Like they will be the absolute last ones to stop. And you were dead on. You You were dead on.
0: I I appreciate the uh, I suppose the uh, the kudos there, but I mean not exactly hard to predict. I think if you know the sadly the no, I mean that that company. I mean
1: not not the craziest uh, forecast, but to listen to it it was just interesting as well. Uh, just to hear okay. like what's what's this going to be? And we're talking like huh. man, there's there's already like um, like a hundred positive cases in the, in the US right now. It could grow. <laughs> I mean, this could be several weeks if not months. Of, wow, uh, what, what, what's in store?
0: I mean, that was before so much, you know, that was almost like an entire lifetime ago. Uh, did you have even did you even have a mask back then?
1: On, on that day? No, yeah. no, definitely not. Wow.
0: I, I might have already so. had some just because like I I mean, I think like in, in the Chinese community, at least it, it was already pretty big news, of course. So I think we were already preparing for it. But yeah, like that was that was the day when everything changed.
1: Yes. All right. Uh, that, that's <laughs> was it.
0: that your segue? Like why? Why? Why what the segue? Was, oh, what was the segue? Yeah, what was the point of that?
1: How did we get from fireworks? <laughs> I have there no was idea. something in there that triggered that. That <laughs> you memory. said
0: you you wanted to go back and listen to our, the David Bixen Span interview.
1: Well, that's what got me going through back shows, and then uh-huh. when I'm in May of 2020, I scrolled back to March of 2020 and clicked okay. on that show just to listen to it. I don't know. I don't know. So how that was
0: there. the segue for just to say you did that.
1: A tangent would be a better uh, description of what I just did. Okay. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Let, let's get into <laughs> everything. We're just wasting time right now. I have things to deal with. I think uh, what
0: you meant to say was you listened back to that interview because you had to prepare a little bit for an Owen Hart post-profile director. Right. commentary show.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh, last week, I said, hey, wait, there's a holiday on Monday. Uh, should we do a new show or do you want to just throw on... Like the Owen documentary, we could run that. And Way said, well, instead of taking the day off, how about we do a two hour show instead? It's like, brilliant. Let's do that. So that is what we did on, uh, on this holiday Monday. Way and I sat down and, uh, this is the first time since we released this that I have sat down and listened to this entire Owen Hart audio documentary from start to finish, uh, which was, uh, uh, featuring many of, oh, I look at that photo of me. I'm just, I'm. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful shot. Um What's wrong? Yes. What's wrong? You, 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 Nothing. Not I like don't I'm trying to imagine photo? what what I'm what I'm saying here. I've got like my hands up like uh I've got that look on my well, face. Well,
0: you know YouTube thumbnails, you know, you they, they they try to I mean, we try to pick the most expressive, deep in thought type of conversation uh still shot. So
1: that's what I was going for. That was me about 35 show. minutes ago. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's up on YouTube right now. <laughs> that's that's my good mood evaporating from my body, as you can see it right there in the flesh. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we did a two hour show today, a director's commentary version of the Owen Hart's final day audio documentary that was released in May of 2019. And a lot of great feedback to the show.
0: Yeah, so far. Thank you to everybody who took the time to join us this afternoon or is listening to it after the fact. The audio podcast is available to all patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com. Or if you're not a patron, just go to youtube.com slash postwrestling. You can watch it for free. And uh we want to thank everybody who joined us live and actually sent a super chat or a super sticker. Uh I'm not going to have a final tally of everything until probably like 24 hours from now. That's how long it takes YouTube to like convert everything basically mm-hmm. to, to dollars. But uh, at the end of all that, we will tally it up and John and I will match that donation amount. It'll all be sent to the uh, Owen Hart Foundation. So uh, all for a really good cause, I thought. And it's some really great information in, into the making of this documentary as well, John.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed doing it. It was a great idea that way had. So thanks to everyone that joined us live or want to check it out after the fact. The uh, the video version is up uh, on the YouTube channel and you can also get the audio version of it uh, if you are a post wrestling cafe member and what a week to be part of the post wrestling cafe because on Tuesday ask away returns Uh, the thread is up at forum.postwrestling.com so you can still submit your questions and for those that are double double ice cap or espresso patrons we will be doing the show live and what does that give you access to on Tuesday way
0: all live access of course right at three o'clock eastern time so after you listen to the post news update maybe get yourself some lunch or maybe if you're in the middle of the workday, maybe actually do some work, you know, not that much, maybe just taking an hour. some fireworks. It, it, why not some post uh, some some um, midday daytime fireworks? Enjoy yourself, have a great time, <laughs> annoy all the dogs out there. But then at three o'clock, if you're a double double plus patron, you can join us live. You can even ask a question live by joining us on the live stream. So uh check that out tomorrow, three o'clock Eastern.
1: Three o'clock Eastern. Uh, also this week, uh, Bushby and Thompson's wrestling adventure will drop on Thursday. They're going back to Reb Pro and New Japan's Global War show from 2016, the second night featuring Chris Hero against Katsuri Shibata. And then everything leads to Sunday night. We will be live minutes after double or nothing. And it might be a very late night, uh, but we will be live here on the YouTube channel and available to download uh, by searching for post-wrestling on your podcast app. Live reaction to Double or Nothing and taking your calls. So that's happening Sunday night. AEW Sunday night.
0: Sunday night. Okay, I gotta, I gotta get that mixed up these days. But AEW
1: okay. is not a. I, I am always uh, unsure if it's the Saturday or the Sunday. But this is a Sunday night. Pay-per-day. Sunday,
0: Sunday. Okay. One more quick cl- plug here, and that is for Karen Peterson's uh, show report. That's right now up up right now on the uh, website postwrestling.com. dot uh, com, talking about the Hanakomora Memorial Show. Bagus. Which I believe means great, Vagus. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, there's a second annual Hanakamori Memorial Show that went up today. Uh, I've started to watch it; haven't watched it all yet. Maybe I'll talk a bit about it tomorrow on the post news update. I'll be joined by Kate from Montreal for that. But uh, re- you know, if you're going to watch it, I highly encourage that you watch along with Karen's report because the commentary is only in Japanese, and there's oh. so much that goes on on the show that I think. um is is reliant on you know somebody a guide you know to to help you assist knowing a lot of the uh background uh for what and a lot of the content that that's being spoken here so uh just wanted to promote that on the site right now
1: yes Uh, karen's also on the latest edition of postmarks Mm -hmm. um uh, excellent excellent conversation that david and bruce had with karen and also uh, the nwa podcast dropped over the weekend uh they had some um so some really great conversations on that show as well. So a lot of uh, some, some quality stuff dropping over the weekend at postwrestling.com if you want to go check out all of that as well. Are you ready to chat about Raw from the Ford Center in Let's Evansville, Indiana?
0: Sure. Why not?
1: Well, we started off with a recap of the tag title Unification on SmackDown and out came a very solemn and somber riddle who came out by himself and is coming out with a very heavy heart calling Randy Orton his best friend and his mentor. And there's an RK bro chant. He says the last few years have been really tough on Randy because of his back. It's been hurting him. He could barely walk before their match on Friday. But he made it to the ring and I guess lost.
0: Was this injury something that they had alluded to before? No, never. This is like really coming from out of nowhere, right? Like they didn't even attack his back in the post-match ankle, did they?
1: No, as I recall, it was, it was just really like diatine. the steps or so. Like, the big attack was on Riddle, like, taking yeah. the splash, and it's Randy that's the one that's disappearing off TV from the injury angle, and Riddle is back wrestling so quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean...
1: It's to me, it it, it, it was... I, I understand the need. Like, it feels like they're going to Riddle first mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. you know, these dominoes of RK Bros that Reigns is going to uh, uh, stack, and... You want to have the attention on Riddle, but at the same time, like he was the, the victim of like the major angle, and Randy, it you did not have that feeling. Like you go off the air, and it's it's Riddle that's been destroyed the most of the two.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That's it, it's it's sort of the feeling I left off on Friday with that um, Riddle was going to be the one written off rather than Randy, but uh, evidently, you know, some back injury that we didn't really know about until this point is uh, keeping him away.
1: So he. Says that he he got very heated the way that the Usos won, and he calls Reigns a tribal piece of trash, and he will get his vengeance on Reigns and the Usos and everyone in the bloodline. He is going to do this before his career is over, so he's giving himself a lot of time and latitude. Like that, this your revenge is coming. It might be now. It might be in five years, but it's coming. So he he's given himself. Uh, A long these are long term plans to take down the bloodline.
0: I mean, you know, at this rate, like, I don't know how many chances he'll have with Roman. He's going to move to a reduced schedule over the summer. And then who knows what what might be be of his Hollywood career, perhaps after this. So I think he's going to have to speed things
1: up a little. Uh, He looked straight into the camera, a rarity in these WWE interviews and told Randy that he loved him. And he's unsure about their future, and the segment ends with an RK Bro chant. No interruption, no attack, just like a very kind of somber speech from Riddle, as it looks like uh, Randy will be off for some time to sell this attack, and Mm -hmm. Riddle is going to be the focus. But definitely a much more serious version of Riddle that was presented here in the opening segment. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, and I thought he sounded good. You know, speaking a bit more seriously, we're used to him... um playing the airhead of course of the group and then um making very dated weed references that uh can't say that they smoked their ass uh not today no they got burned against the usos yes they did yeah but you know, I thought he sounded good being serious here. I thought he still had like a bit of his personality in there. But I thought at the same time showed some real good emotion here at the the loss of his tag team at the at his friend not being around here. So this seems to be at least a temporary. I mean, we had wondered forever how are they going to end this run with the tag team and does it end with a turn? And the answer is no. Neither of them are turning. They're both still complete baby faces. But. Parting ways, seemingly, at least for the time being, as they go on to their singles directions, um, opening the door for a reunion in the future. And I like that.
1: Countdown clock is on TikTok until Cody, who will be taking on the Miz at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, which uh, everyone's going to make fun of this clock. But two weeks in, this thing has worked pretty well, where both weeks um, in the in the main demo, it's beaten the first hour of Raw. Um, wow, you still get the viewership drop in the third hour, but that's all 50 plus all the other key demos. They're either staying equal or growing from the first to third hour. So, I mean, as long as Listen, this
0: old people need their sleep, OK, I, I, they I, they don't care how how great the wrestling is. OK, they're not they're not watching. I mean, they're not Cody fans, I suppose, you know, but young people, come on, that's that's we're willing to stay
1: up forever. They need to go have their, their American dreams. That's it. Or nightmares. The Usos and Sami Zayn taking on Riddle and the Street Profits. Riddle's ribs are taped up, and the Usos did a promo backstage with both sets of titles. Jay says that Orton isn't coming back after we bodied him, and they are introduced as the undisputed tag team champions. They fight at the entrance area, all six of them, and then we come back, and the match begins it's the, this was great. Riddle got to play both parts of RK Bro in this match. He sold and sold and sold. And then he eventually tags in Ford. And then we built the match to the big Riddle hot tag to do all of the Randy spots. So, um, Ford was in the middle for our second extended heat spot. And then it's Riddle coming in and he's hitting uh, exploders to Jimmy and Zane sentons. Ford hit a huge topic on hero onto both usos and it's riddle with a draping DDT to Zane. The crowd is amped by the way, for this, he calls for the RKO, but the usos pop onto the apron, distracting him, but then the usos just bail and they leave Sammy Zane who eats an RKO and riddle pins Zane and poses with the street profits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was a perfect ending actually, you know, First of all, I love that they're continuing this Zayn bloodline thing. My favorite part of this match was not any one particular move; it was seeing Sami Zayn dance to the Usos theme. Oh, he I walks out first, and he's on the ramp, and then like <laughs> dances. And like Zayn is going wild. He's like, he's like the best hype man of all time. And then you have the two Usos coming out and being like, "What? What is up with this?" With this dude. Um, it's It was the greatest thing ever. I, I love it. I love the fact that they are actually teaming up here. And I thought the ending was perfect. Because the Usos, in leaving the match and letting Zayn get beaten up and taking the finish. The Usos stay protected. Zayn keeps entertaining us as the lovable fool. And Riddle comes out with some great spotlight on him as a singles guy. So um, it looks like he's next in line. And I thought it was a good positive week for that push.
1: If you're looking at Riddle as you know if if we're looking at money in the bank as the as the likelihood of roman's next title defense um i guess does this give you optimism in terms of how they'll be promoting riddle for this like he's not going to be going in as kind. Of, you, you can't go in as kind of the goof sidekick um, mm. and it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize riddle now that they're going to i don't think they're going to go all the way and cut out the comedy of riddle but i think certainly you're going to get a different presentation of uh, Over the next month and a half,
0: I think it's going to be very much, you know, like it's the Kurt Angle syndrome. Like when you see a guy in a comedic light for such a long time, can you turn him still into a main eventer? Um, And I feel like they had Riddle. Like he's no matter like how goofy he's been backstage, he's always been serious in ring. He's always been a, a really good competitor. And I mean, he's taken a lot of pinfalls for the team, um, but still, I think when he needs to be, the crowd can take him as a serious threat. And I thought today's promo was a good sign of his ability to be a serious, uh, you know, likable babyface. So I, I have high hopes. And yeah, uh, are, are are we sure that it's it's it, it would even be a pay per view? Like, is there a chance that they might do it on TV? Because that's a long time to you know potentially keep Randy out. You know, when when I guess Randy for Summerslam is that what you're thinking?
1: Well, I I would look at those as as the two shows and whichever where, mm. way they go. I mean, you could always flip it around, but just based on tonight it would look like um it certainly sounds like like Randy is not going to be back anytime soon the way they they set this up like they gave him like a long-term injury that he's been dealing with and a reason right. to be gone for uh longer than a week or two. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Which, which certainly affects things. Like he has really yeah. risen to become like one of your key baby faces. Um, which is kind of why he's in this role. Like the, at the beginning of the year, I don't know how many people would be expecting Randy to be, you know, in, in uh, have the potential to be, you know, headlining a major show. Do you think he'd be off house shows too? Or Randy? Yeah. Um, I mean, Randy's already on like some, like oh, not okay. on like the, the, the full time, uh, house show schedule, but right. yeah, that, that part will be interesting as well if he's, off house shows too
0: but you know you you kind of have to argue that i mean randy kind of has to be away in order for riddle to really take that spotlight because otherwise i mean riddle or sort of orton would kind of overshadow him as a as a lead baby face
1: bobby lashley and omos <clears throat> they announced that their third match in this thrilling trilogy will take place at hell in a cell and lashley comes out he says him and Wait, OMOS it would be the fourth match uh wrestlemania backlash and last week, the cage oh, did match. They have, oh, the cage match, of course. Yeah, so it's a uh, the fourth match. Yeah, um, I
0: just. Uh, what totally do you what do you call third? like a fourth? Like it, it wouldn't be a rubber match. Like what would what would it be? Like a uh,
1: quadrilogy,
0: a quadrilogy. Okay, that's it. That's it. This is not not as cool sanding as a rubber match. You know.
1: No, no, this is a square match.
0: Square match. Yeah. Okay.
1: Hmm. Lashley says they still have more to fight over, and Omos and MVP are out. MVP is going to file a complaint after last week. Lashley says a regular match just won't be enough, and he makes the challenge to face MVP tonight, and the winner gets to choose the stipulation for Hell in a Cell. MVP accepts this. He says he made Lashley. He will end Lashley. So Lashley then asks him, when was the last time you even won a match? And I was waiting for MVP to say, I'm waiting for our tag title match when we won the turmoil last September, which was his last match. I don't remember that. Remember when they won the tag team turmoil match? They were supposed to get title shots, and they never got them. This was a whole episode of Raw they built around the tag team turmoil, and Lashley and MVP ended up winning it at the end.
0: Your memory is incredible, because there's no way. I I, I don't remember Raw from two weeks
1: ago. And then they circle the ring, and MVP gets knocked off the apron. Crowd got into this chanting uh, for Bobby. Um, I can't say I'm, I'm excited about another match between these two, but they are um listen, they, they are they're trying they, their best with the with this program, and the crowd was taking to it here. They're realizing that Bobby Lashley
0: is able to get matches out of Olmos that no one else has been able to at this point. And if they want to showcase Olmos at his best. While at the same time, I think continuing to push Bobby Lashley as, you know, as a, 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 an underdog baby face, you know, putting him in that role. <laughs> There's no better opponent for these two. And they're They should just do
1: every pay-per-view together.
0: Like for, two, for a, year, hell a for solid. year.
1: You know what? Still a bit more to fight over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, like, dude! Every match on this show was was a rematch, man. Like, that's that you have to get used to that if you're watching WWE these days. You, they're gonna they run every feud to the ground. You know, by the time we're done with Becky and Asuka, or by the time we're finally ready for Becky and Oscar on a pay per view, is there still going to be that much more interest? We've already seen it twice in two weeks, so it's it's just the nature of how they're doing these shows.
1: WWE is returning to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, on Saturday, November fifth, for Crown Jewel. Dana Brooke is with Adam Pierce and says she wants Carmella. Becky bumps into her walking in. And that was all of Dana Brooke on this entire show. And Becky says that she, well, she complains about the loss to Oscar and wants it stricken from the record book and given the title match at hell in a cell. Pierce agrees to a rematch for tonight. And if you win, you will be added to hell in a cell. And uh, this seemed like just a, um, just you could seal what the outcome of this was going to be, because uh, I think mm-hmm. most people assumed that Oscar and Becky would have been together working, and now now they need to change course and put these two into a title match. you and I had wondered
0: you know after they announced Oscar versus Bel Air last week well what 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 would Becky's plans be, and I don't know why neither of us suggested her just simply being added to the three way unless you did, and I'm mistaken john, but i I didn't think of it um. And honestly, it's it's as simple as that. You know, we don't have anybody else for Becky. Just Lynch. throw like, them
1: into the match. Yeah, that's. I, w- I was not surprised they did this at all. I don't dislike
0: it either. I mean, you know, the feud that you have been building all this time has been between Becky and and, and Asuka. So to you're able to continue that, you're able to add, you know, a lot more. I think um, interest in it by having somebody the lo- star power level of a Becky Lynch in there, and you're getting two weeks of main events on Raw as a result of of it as well. Right.
1: The Judgment Day come out. Damian Priest thinks you people are sheep. No courage. Ripley talks. Edge then takes the microphone and says that Judgment Day is a physical and mental power. You can recreate and rewrite your career by joining us and compares it to Tom Brady, Wayne Gretzky, or Michael Jordan offering an olive branch. He says... I wasn't handpicked. What? I'm so sorry. he's saying he, he's saying.
0: <laughs> first of all, have have I don't know I don't watch football, but have like Gretzky or Jordan ever offered olive branches in their careers? Like what what would that? What would that entail?
1: To me, like, it's like an olive branch is like you know you're you're extending say you know,
0: say like oh, yeah like a, like it's a, like you're
1: bearing the hash. You know what yeah. I mean? This guy is like more recruiting people. I don't know if that's an olive branch. You're not. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he's mentally at odds with but, these these young wrestlers who are losing their careers.
0: But have Jordan and or, or Gretzky ever been known to be like recruiters? Like they're they're more they're more the people that are getting recruited, or at least in Gretzky's case.
1: Well, um, yeah, I, I guess I guess there's a maybe there's oh, a okay. Marty Marty Sorry. McSorley in the in the locker room <laughs> that uh, you know that can be Edge's enforcer. Um, this promo be priest, yeah. So he explains that he was never handpicked to be on top of the mountain like John Cena. But he is a miracle of his own hard work. And he says that his success was from hard work, which is something you people are afraid of because you're too lazy. Eating Cheetos in your cubicle while their boss makes 10 times as much. You are sheeple. And I headbutted the glass ceiling and then the crowd is chanting, you suck. And he asks, who is going to join us next? The hand of the humble deity is being extended. The hand of the humble deity.
0: Is <laughs> way better ha- than an olive branch?
1: Yes. Who will it be? Will Champa join us? Corey Graves? Alexa Bliss? Drew McIntyre? Liv Morgan? Finn Balor? Balor seemed the only one that they were curious about. And AJ Styles, who he says, would be more healthy standing shoulder to shoulder with us rather than eye to eye. And perhaps you could join us and your kids could refer to me as Uncle Edge.
0: Uncle this is our Edge.
1: weekly debate about the Judgment Day way. Was this a uh, how was this? <laughs> and would this have been better backstage? Like I, I, I thought I gave extra uh. points to for last week. See, I, I, I didn't think it made
0: made much difference, but I will say, I mean, content-wise, this still, this is still a group that I think is still really struggling to be more than just a generic, "Hey, we're evil, join us," like you know, sort of call. You fans
1: are losers. Yeah. You're lazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm getting to the point where I'm worrying that Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest are both kind of being drowned in that same sort of like generic darkness that you know has been plaguing Edge since he's turned heel and to me it's actually kind of made Rhea Ripley a bit less interesting than what she was and certainly Damian Priest. I mean, I not to say he was doing great before this, but like at least compared to like the bad bunny run, he's far less interesting now than I think he was. But I actually felt like I got a bit of substance from Edge's promo this time around that I didn't necessarily get in the past. Like he's saying he's he's now kind of becoming more of like a motivational speaker gone wrong. Like an evil Tony Robbins type of thing. You know, he's saying most of us are afraid to win and work hard for what we want. Um, Whereas, you know, he's worked for everything. He's not a John Cena who's given everything. He's worked hard to headbutt the glass ceiling and and whatnot. Um, And I can get into that. You know, I like the idea of like somebody yelling at somebody because we, we don't work hard enough. Sure. But it's being kind of like dressed in this whole darkness, you people, generic kind of hometown crowd booing type of shit and it's it's making it maybe less interesting than perhaps what it could be
1: yeah it's um, I'm not into this group at, at, at present I, I feel that Edge is one person that to me did come off like a star in this company and I think this has drastically brought him down I, I see a lot of comparisons to when Daniel Bryan came out of retirement in 2018 and where he was six months later um, And I would say he was more entertaining as like the environmentalist Daniel oh, Bryan
0: way more. Yeah, way more interesting of a an more
1: entertaining, yeah. but I would still say not being used to his potential during including that that run of what you had here that Brian Danielson had come back and this guy should be, you know, one of your top guys.
0: I feel like Edges had more of a chance, though. Like, he's played the the returning nostalgic sort of, no, I don't want to say nostalgic, but sort of like the, what is it, Rocky Balboa story of, like, you know, uh, 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 somebody coming out of retirement and having that baby face run. He was that character for, like, a solid year and a half or two years even, wasn't he?
1: You can turn him, turn him, but to me, this is, this feels like mid-card heel, and I think a lot of his star power has vanquished with this character for me. Mm-hmm. Like, he feels like another person on the show to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that turns into a mixed tag match where it is Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley taking on AJ Styles and Liv Morgan, who are out. Uh, Morgan hits a dive onto Ripley and then a sliding knee from AJ. That sets up the commercial break. Uh, we see a Pele kick sending Priest off the apron. And then Morgan is tagged in with the Eradicator. And she hits the double knees off of the middle rope, but Edge... Places uh, the boot of Ripley onto the rope and thus uh, getting involved here, which prompts AJ to then go after uh, go after Edge on the floor. Uh, we go to the ending and Liv sets up Ripley for the oblivion. But again, Edge prevents the move from happening and Ripley is able to capitalize and pin Liv Morgan. Afterwards, Edge attacks Edge and Priest, but he's outnumbered and it leads to Edge hitting the spear with Damian doing the sweep with their double team maneuver and then Ripley laying out Liv Morgan with the riptide. And all I could go back to is last week where AJ, Finn and Liv made this solemn pact that we've got to operate in numbers so that we're not outnumbered. So, to me, at the very least, give me some reason why Finn Balor is not coming to help these people. You just established, like, the reason AJ and Liv are together is this pact that they made one week ago. Just tell uh, me, Finn's, Finn's at home. Finn's sick. Finn's not in the building. Something. This, to me, was such a giant hole here. These guys just got killed.
0: He's he's at home sorting his Lego collection. Yeah. Give me no, anything. You're, sure. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Bullet Club was for life. You know? No, it was
1: for a week.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so no explanation. I mean, maybe the the idea might maybe do you think it's to tease that he might be turning, joining the judge. He's already
1: there? been fighting them for all these weeks. I mean, why? Why would he uh, turn well, so quickly after a week this, after last well,
0: week? Maybe it was this promo that finally changed his mind. He we are oh. working
1: against Los Lotharios, AJ. <laughs> what am I doing with my career? Just hand me some Cheetos while you're at it. <laughs> He's reaching for the the hand of
0: the deity. Whatever, what is it? The hand of the what? The humbled
1: hand of the deity.
0: <laughs> the humbled hand of the deity. What it, does that mean? What does a humbled hand mean? Like a like hand. a hand that's been disgraced. Like a like a lowered hand. Does that mean? Is oh. that what that means? I, a hand I, descending from the heavens. Let's move on. This doesn't deserve analysis.
1: Okay. You know, I thought oh, the- I want to see AJ and Finn together. I thought they were they were a great team for the for the week that they lasted.
0: So I mean, let's. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, throwing in another member that they're continuing to tease here would really kind of throw these numbers out of whack, because right now they're they're perfectly set up for a six-on-six uh, mix match, which I thought was cool here, by the way. Like, I thought the mixed match building of both of these feuds really is flowing is really smoothly. You know, it, it feels pretty cohesive, despite these being men and women in different divisions. Um, but, like, them adding another member... um. Who do you think that is first of all, do you have any idea and um is it Finn Balor?
1: Um, I'll say like if this group was like really hot, uh, I'd be more intrigued by it, but I don't know, just throwing another name at it to me is like, is that gonna help this? Um, yeah. you could put Balor in this, but I'm not all that confident that that's like let's take another baby face and turn him. This is not a company that needs to be just snapping their fingers and eliminating baby faces.
0: Well, I mean, we kind of joked about this, but I, I think they could do something with, like, may- maybe the demon is in the group, but Bal- <laughs> Finn Balor is sure. not. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, and then Priest can join the other group, too.
1: What Damian is can. going on, Finn? <laughs> I see that guy in that paint. <sighs> uh, yes. Hey, uh, Kevin Patrick is with The Miz. He is sick of Cody Rhodes, and he said that there is a lesson. Never trust a man with a neck tattoo and says that he Cody could not steal his spotlight before he left WWE, and now that he's back, his ego is out of control. He's got more pyro than the 4th of July. He also hates those fireworks.
0: <laughs> Cody's been the one setting off all these fireworks in, in my neighborhood during the day.
1: He works in a plug that Ms. and Mrs. is coming back in two weeks, and I don't need a countdown clock.
0: Ooh. So this clock is like—I mean—they're basically acknowledging on the show that it's—it's it's a Cody thing, like it's made specifically for Cody.
1: Yes, this is Cody's gimmick—the yeah. the clock. Yes. Right. So maybe we'll get Cody breaking down quarter hours within three months.
0: Uh, at this point, why not, Sure.
1: I think because be I that. come out here, and this is a world of P two plus, but in my eighteen to forty nine mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really—that good. That would be an AEW Cody Damn, promo. That's really good. I mean, they, out, they, we're we're almost there. Yeah. Comes out with like the color-coded show buzz Daily shirt that reads mm-hmm. Cody. Jerry Lawler, for whatever reason, was on the show to host the King's Court with Veer Mahan and do his best Madcap Moss impression. Veer will not answer his questions at the beginning. Lawler even notes his first question about the secret to his success. That was a dumb question. And then Lawler says, in regards to Ray and Dominic, he says... Maybe it's something about what the Dominics have said about you. <laughs> He's the like, Dominics. I love that name way more than the Mysterios. Uh, well, maybe, maybe there's more than one. Could you imagine yeah. a world of multiple Dominics? <laughs> They'd all come after me.
0: Yeah.
1: Lawler says what the Dominics have been saying about you backstage. That when you go to walk your dog... You're so hairy that they pet you and that the law, lo- what the, the Loch Ness monster takes a picture of him.
0: <laughs> These jokes are just way funnier when you deliver
1: them. <laughs> Cause when, when Lawler says them, I don't react at all. But when you say them, they're hilarious. Veer, Ugh. Veer takes the microphone and says he is not here to joke around. Ray is a legend, but he's too worried about his son. And it's made him weak. So he has come to take both of them out. And then Veer Mahan, our treacherous monster, (laughs) begins sniffing Jerry Lawler. And he grabs him so hard by the hand that he drops the microphone. And Veer has to go physically pick up the microphone and put it back into Jerry's hand and say, I smell fear. (laughs) veer smells fear (laughs) Mm, that's it and lawler in his uh in his scared state responds i think it's just my cheap cologne and veer is about to show him who he is when the dominics run down and attack veer and veer takes ray and goes to press him into the ring from the floor, but Ray bounces off the ropes and he has to shove him in there. So gracefully. And then uh, Ray and Dominic are repeatedly drop kicking him off the apron, but he never leaves his feet, but he won't get into the ring with, with Ray. And uh, sadly, Corey Graves noted that this is not over between Veer and the Dominics. Oh no, no, it's just getting started. Um,
0: Yes. Well, I don't know about the idea of like having Jerry Lawler lead these segments, essentially making fun of beer, and not necessarily having Lawler back down at the end of it. Like,
1: I mean, you, what can you do with Jerry Lawler? Like so, this, to me, was such a flawed segment that why do we need Jerry Lawler here to be... I'll,
0: I'll tell you what you could do with Jerry Lawler. The man can't take any bumps, at least not on this show. No. He, he could do it on his private time on, on some indie uh, out there somewhere, but... He can at least show fear. Okay, I hate the fact that they um, rhyme. His name is Veer, but he
1: ha- he can at least. You're power. right. You're right. They could and have he, done something instead of like wisecracks throughout th- this whole thing.
0: He's continuing to wisecrack the entire time, and it just first of all the the joking nature of this shit doesn't help anyway when you're trying to promote somebody who's laughable enough as a gimmick on his own. And um, having Lawler, you know, the senior citizen, continuing to make fun of him even after the the physical threat does not help at all. This is the type of gimmick that I think is is always going to be a big risk. You know, it's very much on the same vein as an Umaga, where you're you're relying on a giant to play such a cartoonish like monster that audiences can either laugh at him or. In the case of Umaga, when he's, when somebody is as good as Umaga was and is as committed to the gimmick as Umaga was, the fans will get into it. And right, right now, I think the jury's still out on Veer. And I don't think today was helpful.
1: So what you're saying is Armando Estrada is the answer.
0: Well, that's the other thing. I mean, you're talking about Veer having to speak on his own. And the, the choice of voice, uh, there's another rhyme, was also interesting for Veer. Like, he spoke like in a very kind of unique like you know breathy sort of a sort of way that was not i i think something you would expect
1: yes yes so you want to hear veer oh god that name yeah this segment sucked i thought um schreiber's with alexa bliss who says she's been having so much fun being myself here on raw and staying out of trouble she thinks Sonia Deville should seek therapy. It did wonders for her and explains that her opponent tonight is Nikki Ash. We used to be best friends, but then we had a falling out, but it was all for the best because now I'm best friends with a doll and she dresses up like a superhero because our characters are going nowhere.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: This was it's- just such a, <laughs> what a, a backhanded, uh, indictment of your. Your direction here for these two like we we had a thing going and then they broke us up and now we're both kind of in uh, no man's land.
0: We're both incredibly weird yeah. yeah. With, with gimmicks. Nobody takes
1: seriously. I put everything into this Bray Wyatt character. He was let go. And now I'm still stuck with this doll and I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I'm a different character, but I still have the doll. And my partner had uh, a modicum of success last year. But that's out the window.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I believe this was for Alexa's first real promo since her return three weeks ago. And um if if you're to, you know, have any sort of like sense of what direction they might be taking her, I don't think you really got it here. I mean it was just more of a comment about how strange that they're both they both are now. Um but we're at least getting a bit more focus. But I don't know. This this whole Lily thing that they're continuing to keep around with her continues to be um Feels like they're not willing to, again, exactly for what you said, John, willing to part ways with the doll because maybe they would like selling the doll, but at the same time, like not committing to the actual character either. So she's just kind of this weird halfway half-assed, you know, m- mashup of who she used to be and and who she used to be even before that.
1: Well, this is a weird match. Alexa Bliss against Nikki Ash with Dewdrop in the corner. Um, so Nikki is re-entering the ring and <laughs> executed like the, the weirdest looking, what was described as a double, double leg takedown where it was just Alexa pretty much tripping to her back. Alexa came back with like going for a blockbuster. And then Corey explains that Alexa feels like she's in cruise control. She's not being aggressive enough. So Nikki sets up for a superplex, but then stops to pose to the crowd is knocked down and Alexa bliss while in cruise control hits twisted bliss and pins Nikki <laughs> Saxton says that, uh, well, she stepped up at least when it mattered. And Corey goes, I agree. It just didn't seem like the Alexa of old yet. As she leaves with Lily, I do not know what was going on here. It was like the story hmm. from the announcers was that Alexa wasn't taking this seriously <laughs> and then wins without any controversy. And the announcers almost seemed like, oh, okay, we just contradicted uh, ourselves here. It was so odd.
0: I think we're looking at another trip to the psychiatrist's office. We need um, more sessions for for this Alexa Bliss, clearly. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with this character. I don't know if they know either. Um, but it, they gave her the win here. And at least this week, as opposed to previous weeks, where she really was just a background supporting character for Sonya Deville's storyline. This week, they actually closed the segment... By putting the camera on her, so it gives you some impression that there's they're working on some story with her, but I have no idea what it is. Um, nor do I know how compelling um it will be at this point.
1: Maybe Nikki Ash and Dewdrop can start doing a training vignettes for this upcoming tournament for the women's tag titles. Are you kidding me? Like you figure, oh, like how are they going to do this tag team
0: tournament? First of how, all, like,
1: how few tag teams can you do a tournament with? Four. Okay, so they need they only have half of those.
0: They only have two teams.
1: I mean who Shayna and Natalia uh-huh. do drop in Nikki. Yeah. I guess whatever you consider Carmel and Zelina, but they, they haven't been paired together in like what she's, since WrestleMania?
0: She's in the twenty four seven division now, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like where where are your other women's teams? You're just gonna have to have a bunch of makeshift teams, right?
0: Makeshift, yeah. I mean Who, who let's, let's think about this. Who else is there? I guess I don't know. Shotzi and uh Lee
1: maybe? They've never or, teamed together. I don't think.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about that's
1: makeshift. a makeshift
0: team. Shotzi and Aaliyah, okay, great team right there. Okay, to the, to the top,
1: your next champion. Shotzi and Aaliyah.
0: Well, they're not a team. I'm saying, like, they, but they're in backstage skits together, and that's that's almost good enough at this point. But okay? she bullies her. Well, come on, the, the, they're these, feuding. These, these <laughs> teams never get along. Of course, of course, that's just a natural way to you know build a lasting uh, relationship as tag team champions. Um, who else? Who else have we got?
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Lasha and Raomi, our new team. <laughs> Lasha and Raomi. You think they
0: do fake Scott, uh, Scott Hall and fake Kevin Nash with Sasha and Naomi? That'd be great. <laughs> At we this got... point, maybe. <laughs> and who'd play them? Like uh, Lasha. Lasha should be oh Lash, legend. La- Lash, Lash Legend. Lash Legend would have to Lash, be Lasha.
1: Lasha Legend. Take it to the bank. <laughs>
0: And maybe like um And uh Dana. Dana could be Naomi. Naomi. No, that's terrible. Yeah. Okay, we should move on.
1: Feel feel the Feel the blow. <laughs> what? What? I'm trying to think of a word that rhymes with glow that they can they can go with here. Uh I <laughs> I hope they
0: go that route. That'd be great.
1: Backstage, Kevin Patrick is with Seth Rollins. I mean, part of these characters to me that that very much missed the mark is that I I cannot relate to just about any of them. I think some of these heels, if they had any grievances that you could at least understand, okay, I can understand that. Like a, a friend turns on me. I can I can get I can get in with that. I was uh I was mistreated by an employee. Seth we are going into our third match with Cody Rhodes. Hell in a cell. And his gripe is that the fans used to, sing Co- used to sing Seth's song, but now they chant, Cody, where is my countdown clock? Well, guess what? I've got my own clock. And guess what happens when it strikes zero? Probably the payoff that Y2K had. That's what I'm guessing. This is his, this is what you're supposed to be. Oh my god! When is the pay per view? Buy tickets now. When what's going to happen when Seth's clock reaches zero? Because this is a man that wants a clock and he wants these fans singing his song. Um,
0: there are a lot of promos that these wrestlers have to cut. Okay, that there are a lot of promos that the, these writing teams have to write for these wrestlers uh, week after week. You know, three hours is a lot of time, and. Um, I think they're just kind of you know digging for material, and this week the material happens to be Cody has a new clock. How do we write a promo around it? And that's what you. This is what you had here. Cody's clock.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, they they um, Schreiber interviewed Oscar, who says Becky wasn't ready for Oscar. She was too busy crying, and says Becky went to cry and got another match, and she's going to turn her into big time baby tonight. Yeah, that's that's where um fifty plus was like f this. I'm getting the bed.
0: <laughs> you know um, it's so interesting again hearing somebody recap these promos because th- the Oscar promo is is one that is a hundred percent reliant on it's all deli- the delivery, hundred percent content wise. I mean, you are basically repeating the words of a five year old. Um, you that's know, her character now.
1: Baby. She play she mimics a five year old.
0: Those are her promos. Sure. But she but her delivery is so incredibly unique and it's so incredibly captivating that it just works. Um so but it, it's 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 incredibly fascinating to hear like the John Pollock version after the Asuka version.
1: Well, just before um your sixty-five year old was about to turn the turn the TV off, they give you Cody at nine fifty-four PM coming out six minutes early. Mm. So malfunctional clock and Takes on The Miz. So I'm going to describe this match. Cody went for a bow and arrow, which Miz will be charitable and say he countered. This move just looked like it fell apart. So then Miz goes onto the turnbuckle and he leaps off for a sunset flip, totally overshooting Cody, who just stands there and then rolls through with it. But there was enough that you could literally feel Cody's debate about whether I go, for, go and roll with this or not. Grave says, maybe the Miz is second guessing himself and Cody's aura is affecting him. Like, is that the cause of this? So then, uh, Cody hits a, hits a boot. He comes off the top rope to the floor. Uh, crowd is not all that into this match, but then they start to pick up as he begins to come back and then leaps to the second rope for the Cody cutter and nearly slips on this middle rope, but is manages to hit the move, goes to a figure four Miz to the rope. And then Cody climbs to the top and the crowd awakens. They're like, Oh my God, this dude's going to jump off this turnbuckle. And just as they're finally interested in something, Seth runs down, shoving him off the turnbuckle for the DQ And the crowd is upset at this. Uh, This, to me, was hands down the worst Cody match I've seen since his return to WWE. These two were so off in this match.
0: Mm. Admittedly, I I didn't pick up on a lot of that nuance. Um, Maybe because at this point, it's like I feel like I've seen this already. I mean, Cody has been back for, what, like a month and a half? And he's already going through so many rematches. How many opponents has he had really in total? Well, this the was the
1: second, not including house shows, but this is already the second with The Miz. And it just yeah. felt like the audience was on their hands for most of this. And I just thought they were very off, the two of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. There's a certain level of star attraction, I suppose, they feel, like in this pairing. Um,
1: <laughs> did, did we get a third? You still have another week before Hell in a Cell, and yeah. know, Co- Cody's got uh, one knee uh, because the post-match attack saw the two of them attack. Uh, Seth fought uh, Cody, and then it led to a chop block, and the two double-teamed Cody. So he's going into this match with a bad knee that they would establish later after he came out of the trainer's room.
0: And the big angle, I mean, if you want to call it that, is that uh, Seth, on his way back up the ramp, grabbed Cody's weight training belt oh, from right. a child that Cody had given it to at the start of the match— And he used that same weight training belt to uh, whip Cody, which I love it. Whenever the the heels do shit with the kids, like that, to me is great. Like the only thing I thought it was really missing here was the cutaway to the poor kid crying. And I mean, this must have been. Oh, I hope
1: he got this weight belt back.
0: Well, he did. They showed that at the end. Oh, he did get it. Cody, like you know, um, limping back from his injuries, um, gave the belt back to the child. And I think. It's fun to do these angles, but so much of it, I think, is really reliant on the performance or at least the natural reactions of the child. Not all of them can be Izzy, you know, in that in that Sasha-Sasha Bailey match. This kid honestly didn't seem emotionally affected by it either way. Like, Seth took the belt. I think the kid was just like, whatever. And then Cody gave it back to him, and he's like,
1: yay. Cody, what the yeah. hell am I going to do with this weightlifting belt? Like, yeah. can I get an 8 by 10 t-shirt?
0: you yeah, you like, one of the gold belts, please? I never watched AEW. You know, Cody like needs
1: cake. to learn. Like There's a reason Bret Hart gave away those glasses. No heel's going to attack him with those.
0: Oh, good point, yeah. But I liked it. I liked the post-match angle. here. It,
1: it was a good post-match angle, so hopefully that was the takeaway for people and not the actual match. Ezekiel and Chad Gable. Owens is out just screaming at Byron. Otis uh, trips Ezekiel and then... Gable clips the knee and is twerking on it. Hits a moonsault landing on Ezekiel's feet. And then Otis gets ejected. Owens runs into the ring and gets caught by the referee. He, too, gets tossed. And that allows Ezekiel to roll up Gable for the win and exit through the crowd. And Owens gets on the microphone. I don't care if you're Elias, if you're Ezekiel, or if you're Giuseppe. (laughs) I'm challenging you to hell in a cell. And we have another match for June the 5th. A third brother. Giuseppe Giuseppe.
0: Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. No, I'm I, if you told me the night after WrestleMania that they are going to hold off on this match from April the 4th until June the 5th, I would have been like, you're out of your goddamn mind. There is no way they can hold this off for two months, but it looks like they will do it before the Owens Ezekiel showdown. They
0: have gotten a lot of mileage out of this Ezekiel Elias thing, and I mean, in ring, I, I I I don't know how excited I am honestly for an Elias or Ezekiel match, but as a character, I I really do love this thing, and more so, I would say for like some of the stuff that he's been doing online, like in, on, on their um videos that they've been recording with him, where he cuts really fun like backstage promos, like Elias Ezekiel, whatever you want to call him, like the man is is really good comedically, and um. He'll like drop in references about how, like, this is my first time in this arena. Um, I, you know, I look forward to being out there for the first time in front of these crowds today. I remember when my brother was like, he'll just get into a whole story, like, you know, talking about his brother, and he's really good at it. So, um, some of the best stuff I, is just basically offline, basically, is what I'm trying to say with this character. And I get a real kick out of it. But if, know, if we'll-
1: they had this idea in mind for so long and, and could have set it up, this is the one match that. Would have been a great cinematic match where you could be both God, involved. That would be great. Yeah, they should do I mean, you it, could always still do, do anyway. stuff, but I mean, it would have required them, you know, shooting it when when he was still Elias. Because um, that to me would have been the great payoff to all of this is doing a scene where it's like you finally have the two of them together in a scene.
0: I mean, they could honestly still do it. Like if they just didn't fall, count anywhere, match, you walk to the back or like any backstage sk- Problem is the guy doesn't have his beard, you know?
1: Well, that's have- the issue. Yeah
0: be a really fake looking prosthetic um anyway i i what i what i think you're trying to say is you know we want to see something a bit clever with with it whether it be a camera trick or just some sort of like i don't know sort of creative allusions to this weird duality thing i mean man we're talking about a lot of uh duality personalities here on this roster you know everybody's got a, a a multiple personality
1: yeah maybe uh ken owens will show up in chicago Kenneth, Kenneth, Kenneth yes. Owens. Yes. Uh, Cody comes out of the doctor's, uh, the, the trainer's room and uh, his knees banged up, but he's still got a heart and lungs. So that's good. He'll be, uh, he says, Seth, it's creeping in that he could go. zero and three against Cody. I like the fact that they're introducing that part of it. Like the idea of losing three matches to Cody is going to, uh, that that's a point of the match because it's so rare that we have, someone win decisively in a feud that it will mean something I feel if Cody wins this or they're just going to have him beat Cody
0: I, I mean I'd say 0-2 is already pretty decisive you know like is 0-3 really no, that much everything, better best of 7 this is the season way I mean best of 7 would mean he would have to win 4 So well, who
1: says this is ending at Hell in a Cell we still got okay. money in the bank I mean, so we're looking for money. a
0: clean sweep in a best of 7 here leave no versus- doubt <laughs> leave no doubt um, um Right, sure. Um, you, you know, I think Cody continues to be cutting the best promos on the show in the back here. Like this was like a really good, I think, fired up, angry backstage promo from, from Cody, and there are co- still continued callbacks to his AEW promos. Here he dropped in the lines about how you know he he was he went from being undesired to undeniable and now uncrowned. So we've got an extra un in there now added to uh, the, the three list. uns. The three uns, yes. But I I like these continued callbacks to his AEW tenure because it really continues to feel like we are following the same narrative of one character from one universe into another. You know, this isn't a Cody variant that's just suddenly popping up in WWE. This is the same guy we knew from, you know, All In uh, or whatever you want to, you know, from ROH even, I suppose, all the way up until this point, which is really interesting.
1: Well, maybe Edge will recruit Stu Grayson. To the Judgment Day. Uh, and we'll see, I mean, we'll see him jump universes. I don't think that's
0: happening for a second. No? I mean, if he's above the age of thirty and he's not a college, you know, sports athlete, I'm. Um, I don't see it happening. Uh,
1: from there, we have the Lashley MVP match, where MVP fakes a knee injury, allowing Omos to attack Lashley, and. MVP drills him with a boot, which got a reference by uh, by Corey Graves of Mr. Chono.
0: That's that right.
1: Mm-hmm. And MVP's yelling, I made you, but then is hit with a flatliner. And there's a clothesline sending him out of the ring. And MVP uh, gets off the shoulders and is sent into the post by Lashley. But Omos comes and attacks Lashley. Lashley fights him off. But in the process, MVP gets into the ring and wins by countout. So Lashley is outsmarted this week after he sent his body through the steel cage last week and plummeted to the floor <laughs> to outsmart Omos. And so MVP and Omos get to pick the stipulation, but they did not announce one yet.
0: I thought, uh, yeah, you're right. I thought both weeks kind of didn't make, didn't make Bobby Lashley look all, all that great. Like they're trying to come up with what they are. They're really trying to think themselves out of these out of giving either person a legitimate loss here. So last week like they didn't want to have Omos legitimately lose so they did the whole cage door thing. This week I mean they had Omos cheat so that Lashley um lost by count out. But like what also is weird is how after this match the person whose music plays is the loser in Lashley. Not only that you have Lashley, I mean he puts the hurt lock on MVP and then he starts celebrating I'm like, what are you celebrating about? You just lost the match. You know, your big plan to, you know, put this match on so that you could get the stipulation. You failed. You're a failure, dude. What are you celebrating? Um, and, and I think they didn't even announce the winner here to the live audience. So if you're watching this and you missed the, the count out, like you, you would have no idea.
1: It, because Bobby, he would have been done if they announced Almas as the winner. He would have been, you couldn't it's ever so use this guy again. So silly. Like Can't the, lose. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I don't know what stipulation this will be. Maybe uh, it will be something fun. Handicap, probably. Monster truck. Battle. I don't know. Hmm. Cobo Hall. Lacey Evans will be in action next week. And we go to the main event. Asuka against Becky Lynch with Bianca Belair ringside. Uh, Asuka goes into the post. We go to the break. Becky's in control. Uh, Asuka fights back. But then... uh, Becky runs into a code breaker. Asuka gets several near falls, applies the arm bar, and then there's a superplex by Asuka and misses with the hip attack. And Becky applies the disarmor while in the ropes and then nails Becky with a hip attack, this time sending her to the floor. And Becky gets seated on top of Bianca Belair in her lap. And Oscar winds up for a kick. What could go wrong here? Just, uh, just stay, everyone stay still. But then Becky moves. Wouldn't you know it? Oscar drills Bel Air with this head kick and do Belair sold this. Like she was out cold. She just goes right down to the floor. They mm-hmm. go back like a minute later and she is out completely out from this selling it. It's like and, a
0: crow knockout.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. This was, uh, this was l- left kick hospital. Mm-hmm. And from there, Oscar gets nailed by Becky, and then Oscar has to beat the count into the ring. And while doing so, gets covered by Becky Lynch. This was not the comedy that Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura was on SmackDown, but instead led to the ending. Becky pins Oscar, and Becky is now in the match at Hell in a Cell. We have a triple threat match. One of the announcers asks, "What does this mean for Hell in a Cell?" It means she's in the match. It's a three-way now. That's the answer. So don't have to uh, means, yeah. don't have to go off the the air with this uh cliffhanger.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I he, I thought for two weeks in a row we had like
0: really good, you know, pretty high paced sprint like matchups here from Becky and Oscar. Um I thought it was thoroughly exciting and captivating and I think their chemistry continues to really shine and what seems to be, you know, a pretty um I don't know, quickly put together main event feud.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've had to obviously work from, from behind on this and go mm-hmm. in a yeah, semi different direction. It seems like that, you know, Asuka and Becky were going to be programmed together and now you're just merging it with, you know, B- Bianca Belair, who is without an opponent. So, uh, that part was fine. And at the end of this, after all that mocking of Becky crying, the last shot was Asuka in the ring crying. Do you notice?
0: I just, I, I didn't notice the crying, but okay. No, that's irony right there. I guess so. Raw done 3 hours all right good job yeah um i mean it was it was a i thought it was an okay raw this week you know i thought you had a serious riddle which i think gives you a clear direction about who roman's next challenger might be mm-hmm. and it's exciting whenever it's a new person that we're seeing you know grow in as a character and and that's a riddle um what else we got here omas and lashley like we're getting another rematch lashley looked kind of stupid coming out of it all but
1: i'll say cody and seth it it feels like you know mocking aside for for some of the uh the 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 promos on on this show but i mean it's i think it's it's enough that you can headline this this show with with hell in a cell but i would say for the second month in a row this this pay-per-view certainly feels like it is a not a top priority
0: yeah i'd agree i'd agree i mean they rely too much on the cell as a gimmick on its own without I think investing the proper time into a feud. Um, I mean, Cody and Seth. I think have had good matches, but I would say as a rivalry, I I don't know how much I really buy into the two of them hating each other, especially when it's so one sided in terms of like victories and defeats. So it's 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 really just kind of like the garnish on top of this cell hoping to, you know, attract that extra level of interest there for you.
1: It's, Um, it's the time of the year and it's like, okay, what's, what's going to be in the cell? This is the program we've got. You don't really have any other programs that are at that level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, of course we have a, what is it judgment day, which um, I think we're in agreement that, you know, gimmick wise promo wise, not very strong. Um, but it's, you know, the match, the match, whatever match they're building to should be okay. And, uh, some some weirdness with alexa and you know there you go
1: only t- only two two non-finishes on tonight's show we had the big the, improvement th- we had three dqs recently only two tonight so with the count out and a dq uh so there you go uh let's take some feedback
0: well uh, let's take some super t- chats actually first of all um because we got some of them for our live viewers at youtube.com post wrestling thank you guys for your support as always. First, we go to Daniel Morris, who sends 78 Hong Kong dollars, who says, thanks, guys. Both have a pick-me-up beverage of choice on me. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. All the way to Hong is Kong. Is that
1: a drink the two of us can have for 78 Hong Kong dollars?
0: I mean, that's two drinks. I mean, if, if okay. I know my conversion, all right. I, that's that's pretty much like, it feels like it might be like 10, 10 bucks maybe. Maybe okay. somewhere between seven and, I mean, it depends oh, th- on the that's type of drinks. drinks. Yeah. That's a couple drinks. I, I will Maybe I'll buy a Hong Kong milk tea with that. Thank you very much Daniel. Uh Matt Hahn sends $5. Thank you for the support Matt. He says fun fact about Seth. He hasn't won a televised match since February.
1: Hmm. Uh televised match. Okay. Hmm. Well, um hmm. he's on quite the run. He doesn't need to win. He's got that laugh. That's it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Feedback. Let's go to the forum. Forum.postwrestling.com. We start off here with Alexander from Portland. Tonight did a fine job of building up Hell in a Cell, but it sounded like everyone called it hell in the cell the whole night. Riddle and Reigns should be fantastic when it happens. And Lashley felt, I mean, what a nitpick. <laughs> no, <laughs> I Lashley- mean it's 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 I would say it's it's
0: throughout their history it's been always somewhat interchangeable. I think like the first time Vince said it was wasn't it didn't it
1: used to be hell in the cell? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, this is a company that's very on top of wording. So, I mean, it probably would be an issue. But, I mean, God forbid we said hell in the cell instead of hell in a cell. It's, it's hell in a cell. That doesn't sound more ominous. Instead of saying, you know, it's going to be hell in a cell instead of hell in the cell. No, not the cell. The cell. <laughs> the cell. Yeah. Not just any cell. The cell.
0: Well, um, I'm a real stickler for this sort of stuff, you know, titling, So, uh. I can appreciate the nitpick, Alexander.
1: He goes on to say, Riddle and Reigns should be fantastic when it happens, and Lashley felt incredibly over too. Kevin Owens going from main eventing WrestleMania with Stone Cold to having a match at Hell in a Cell against Elias. Sounds like it would be a big demotion, but Kevin is carrying this program so well. The main event fell flat with me, but the Hell in a Cell card is looking stronger. Do Who do you see being the next feud for Omos? I could easily see Ezekiel sliding into that role. I can't. I mean... (sighs) I think
0: even though we're seeing improvement from Omos, like he needs mm, he needs somebody like who's a powerhouse. I think you know to have that type of match, or like just a really great worker in general. Like you you know, even a smaller person. Um, Has he feuded with the Mysterios or the Dominics
1: yet? No, that's that's the option. Um, Yeah, that's a a option. Um, You know, different brands, but I mean. No, you've got you've got Drew McIntyre that's just floating around, and you've got to keep him busy. Um,
0: so what does he just beat Omos? Like I feel like they're you know trying to have him ascend up the ranks, especially
1: with MVP. To what though? So, like what are we building him up for? Like we're I'm building up Drew for a title match. We're not building up Omos for a title match. How do you know? No,
0: I guess you're right because there's no
1: title. There's, like, there's no but there's no title for him, but a US title. Who's the US champion? I say that on theory, 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 you're right. He wasn't on the show tonight. Omos and theory. I don't No, think no, no,
0: not Omos and theory. theory might, might drop it to somebody else. And then okay, put, put the U.S. title Omos. on Omos. Sure. Yeah, sure. Maybe c- code. Could we, could we do Cody Omos? Uh, I'd love to see that it. match would be int- like how good of a worker really is Cody at this point. You know, we will have to see. That would be an Omos feud right there.
1: Yeah, give him that inverted superplex off the top.
0: I'm curious at the storytelling, especially like uh, the promo battles, I think, between Cody and MVP would be really
1: good. It'd be very good with MVP and Cody. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but Ezekiel, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I wonder how far they're going to take this Ezekiel thing, but you need somebody if they're going to continue the threat of, is he really Elias? Like you need somebody who's like Kevin Owens, who can kind of like play that somewhat comedic bent to him. And I don't think Omos is that person. Okay, we go to Roy from Rhode Island who says, Hi guys. Regarding the story on the site over the weekend about FTR working a match with Flair this summer, quite apart from the medical side of things, it appears that Flair is on the same style of soft comeback that Hogan eventually came back on. Inspired by recent comments on various shows by people like Kate, Karen, and Nate, how are these guys and many others able to remain so Teflon ultimately? Wrestling has always been far from a squeaky clean business, but it's really disburting to see how little issues like racism or sexual harassment seem to prohibit careers in mainstream pro wrestling in 2022. Okay. So he means unclean or, or sorry, uh, he means like soft comeback and, and Teflon as in like their, their public image. Um, any thoughts, John?
1: I mean, I don't think it's a case of him being Teflon. I think there's a lot of people that have an aversion to Ric Flair. Um, uh, but there's others that listen, this is just what it's going to come down to. There are some that are going to be viewed as huge stars and their star power is going to, um, trump whatever real life controversies are attached to them. I would attach Hogan to that as well. Like there are people that will just look at a giant star and that's, that's what they see and, and they can separate the two. But I would not say that is across the board for Hogan or for Flair.
0: Yeah. I mean, to this day, every time Hulk Hogan makes an appearance on one of these Saudi Arabia shows or whatever, like you, you look at the timelines, you know, every mention of the Hulk Hogan is met with just constant mentions of, of his racism. Um, and I imagine the thing, the same will be similar for, for flair. Um, if he gets on a bigger stage, like a WWE, I think there's always going to be an independent wrestling show. That's going to be out there. That'll accept, you know, uh, uh, somebody like, like a Ric Flair or or Hulk Hogan or, you know, whoever. Right. Um, but I don't see AEW like going after him right now. I don't see WWE going after him right now. Um, doesn't mean in the future that won't happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, also depends on just, I think, you know, d- depends on the star power plus the, the severity of, I think the allegation or the crime. And, uh, it's kind of different for everyone is what is, I guess what I'm saying.
1: The last one is Jay from Colorado. What the heck was up with that main event finish? Oscar beat the 10 count just to run into the ring and lay face first. Really awkward finish. And I was surprised they even replayed it. Um, it yeah. was, it was awkward. Yeah. Yeah. It. I
0: think, I think they definitely like Becky could have at least used another move, you know, like hit, hit the manhandle slam off the ring or something. Um, you're right, yeah. I mean, she was tired, you know? You ever, like, try running, climbing up? Like, you ever tried like, getting yourself out of a pool by lifting yourself up? I mean, that's basically what
1: it's like to climb back into the ring. And Have so you ever was- kicked the wrong person in the head? That would weigh on you in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just kicked someone that I respect greatly, and I just knocked... The- they are unconscious on the floor.
0: She-, she lost via guilt? Is that what you're saying? Yes, this was the guilt trip. Ooh, wow. Becky, Becky winning via guilt trip, okay. Via conscience. So
1: one was unconscious, and her conscience was also compromised.
0: Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was awkward for sure. And, and you're not the only person to point that out in the chat room here. You know, we had Ryan and Brian also pointing that out. So, yeah, maybe something got screwed up.
1: All right, that was raw. Way. What did you think of the Spanish Grand Prix on Sunday morning?
0: Oh, okay. The the real main event. Yes. I thought it was a terrifically exciting race, and this was a track that I was warned by various uh, pundits that is sort of known for shitty races. Not Mm. much overtaking and just not very exciting action, but we we got plenty of it from beginning to end.
1: This This was a very exciting race, especially the... um, uh, the, the battle between uh, Verstappen and George Russell, uh, like, like midway through, like they, I thought this race was going to ultimately, it looked like Leco- Leclerc was just going to run away with this thing. But mm-hmm. in these races, you can then just like move on and get interested in like the battle for second or other kind of like mini head to head battles that are going on in this. And I thought, okay, the race for second is going to be pretty compelling. And then all of a sudden, like, what is it? Lap 27, Leclerc's done and. It was brand new race for all of these people. And like Verstappen, this guy, first of all, he spun him and Carlos Sainz. They both spun out out of control on the on turn four. And they both rebounded and I mean had top four finishes at the end, but Verstappen ultimately won the race. So I I thought this was like a really exciting race for the, the hour and a half. I was glued to this. Hmm. Yeah. Tire
0: strategy. I mean, as always, seems to be um, like this is the the level that I I guess like you would never know. I would never know like being a casual fan, a novice fan, how much tires matter and how much strategy goes into how many times you change tires, what tires you use, and um, whether or not you. Keep tires on for, because, of course, it's the exchange. I don't of-
1: care what anyone says. I love this stuff. Like, I find this is I, I I am compelled by that. The strategic aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I love the dynamic. And we had it here with the two Red Bull drivers of here you have like. Where it's pretty much like the team has to almost like have a strategy in place like listen and sometimes it's the number two driver like you've got to ease up because we're playing a bigger game here and you winning this is not getting us there any quicker. It's, I love, it's, 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 it's amazing when you think about like the dynamics between the drivers and you've got like you look at here like a one 2 finish but at the same time like there's many people think like this was Sergio Perez's race. Yeah,
0: he led at one point, and I mean, through the radio, was told to give up the, uh, the uh, the position to to first step in. And, I mean, we've seen this plenty of times. Like Netflix, seemingly, I think, loves this sort of sort of storyline. Anytime the second driver has to, you know, give up a spot for the first driver, um, and I'm sure we'll see it documented and, and dramatized next season as well. But it's always interesting, you know, when you think like, when what sport that that is. I know these are teams, but like ultimately everybody's fighting for the top spot and everybody is ultra competitive and everybody who's everybody's life goal is to win a race.
1: Yeah. And-, it, and it's like, if you're the team, like what's more valued? Like your driver winning the championship or your, your team winning yeah. like the, like the point total. And like to me, you ideally, like, do you want to have two drivers that are ultra competitive and could be like neck and neck with one another or do you want a clear number one and a clear number two Mm -hmm. and like the dynamics at play that's where the netflix series really gets into this like you have 20 seats these Mm -hmm. guys are ultra stressed by their performances and in that rare chance you have to win a race it might be pulled away from you because you are you are on a team but it's not this is still individual at at different points too i think it's such a compelling aspect to all of it
0: the the amount of egos that you know this sport seems to attract and then the management of those egos is 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 ultimately i think you know at the core of what's so fascinating about this sport we got to talk about uh, about some of these comebacks that we saw
1: oh dude this this was a huge huge weekend for mercedes
0: well yes yes first of all it seems like they're they're purposing purposing issues Seem to have been fixed, or maybe not completely. You know, they they seem to indicate that they're they know what's wrong. They're on their way to getting things back in order, but they're not there yet. So, we saw some good results here. I believe, like, I believe, like Hamilton and 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 Russell like uh, qualified for third and fourth, right? P three, P four,
1: is that right? Yeah. And and for those that didn't watch the race, dude, Hamilton was like out of this thing immediately. Like, what was he? He was like last. at he an early point at
0: the very bottom i think from like a tire puncture or something he was either 19th Magnificat? or
1: 20th at one point and he yeah. like on the radio like dude he's mentally done like he's yeah. saying let's preserve the engine and that's not a flawed uh you know, he's looking at long term here like let's not because risk Mo- the engine here
0: monaco is next week it's it, only they've got a race this is not a work.
1: two-week gap they have a one-week gap between the next race so yeah. that's a logical decision to make when you're in 19th or so this dude is talked into continuing and fucking battles to finish fifth. He, to me was like the the driver of this race for, for that comeback. I thought that was incredible and greatly needed it. Like this dude has just been shitting the bed this whole season.
0: Well, I mean, the car has, you know, like, and, and you can argue how much of it is, is, is up to Hamilton as well, because Russell has been doing better than him with that, that same vehicle. Um, but, yeah, all of a comeback. You have to
1: you know? be optimistic though, from based off of this uh, mm-hmm. performance from them. Like this was Definitely. a really good outing for them.
0: Yeah, Lewis ended up finishing like clawing back from nineteen or twenty, and then ended up at one point four. You know, like it, w- it which is incredible. He ended up finishing finishing five only because on the radio they were telling him at this point to um, manage the cooldown of the engine because it was they were there was a risk of of them not finishing not finishing the race altogether. So he had to back up to let signs uh, up to four um but great performance for him like motivationally i'm sure he has to feel it has to feel good but i th- i thought i thought uh, uh uh fernando alonso also had a great you know uh race as well coming from 20 to finishing number 9 in a car that's not as good and not as competitive as, and you know, he's he's the
1: oldest through. driver on on uh, of everyone correct i believe so i think I he is. so i mean we're talking about people that are like
0: 20 like 22 here so yeah i would assume so um,
1: but it, 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 he was it, did you hear guy. anything about uh, more about like uh, F- Ferrari had to have been like the biggest uh, disappointment mi- dis- disappointment that this yeah this race yeah uh,
0: well I mean Leclerc was driving great I mean but, but you know I I don't know what happened with their car and I mean yeah that's not, why I'm, I was
1: curious about if you had heard anything about what uh, if they gave any kind of reason about what happened because uh, as Way mentioned like they have to come back on uh, like this weekend with Sunday. another race
0: yeah. I, I haven't heard. Uh, I, I haven't really, really been reading up on it as closely as maybe some others. But, I mean, Carlos Sainz finished fourth, you know, which is a good result. But I think, like, having qualified so high, like, what did he qualify? Three? Spanish. I don't have it in front of me. Grand Prix qualifier. I, don't, I just don't want to get it wrong because I— I'm Sorry, be who, who are you asking? I've got them in front Carlo of me. Carlos Sainz. Sines qualified third and he finished uh, P4. Yeah. So I think, like, and if you're in a car like Ferrari, like, that has to be somewhat of a disappointment. Um, could have been worse, I guess.
1: Um, so for the overall standings now, so the, the, because of this outcome, uh, Verstappen is now number one with 110 points and Leclerc with 104, obviously, getting nothing on the weekend. And then Sergio Perez is third. This is like a season. real. Like a review here. We're actually dude. I was so into this on Sunday, and Way and I are like texting back and forth during this. I I was so excited by this race. It was a lot of fun to watch, and the the early the early races that's my jam. Like the the one uh, this weekend, I believe it's a nine a.m. one, but the following week, Azerbaijan is the one I'm very looking forward to. Seven thirty a.m. is my peak time on Sunday morning. I'm dude. I don't care. I'm I'm up at six thirty on Sunday mornings, so. Uh, I watched this with my kids on Sunday. They lasted like at least twenty laps or so. Really, and then I, I was left wow. on my own. Max was really into it. He was like in, enjoying it and stuff. And was uh, is he is he following any any
0: particular uh, team or, or or car yet? Like, is he? He like, was asking person? me how
1: Canada's going to perform. And I said, well, there's two Canadian drivers. Uh, don't have any optimism about them performing no. well at all. But yeah, he was he was kind of into it, and he said he'd watch it this, this Sunday with me too. That's that's awesome. How was the F1 party? Well, I mean, when I say party, it was more
0: of a get-together with my wife's friends. So, you know, it was great. Like, I mean, they they just I mean, it, it was honestly a little bit distracting from the race, but um they had a great time. Like uh in
1: um it, it's it's fun. You need to it's get those noise-canceling headphones and just like get the uh, the the feed in. You could get all the the radio signals yeah, coming in. That's it. Ha- have you ever delved into like the the alternate uh like audio that TSN provides? I have. Alternate audio? No, I didn't know that there was alternate. Audio. TSN puts all the radios up on really? on their on the on the website. Oh, that you can watch listen live? Yes. Whoa, yeah, I had no clue. If you go to like the the, the same way you'd watch Rampage on on TSN Direct, yeah. it's got all the different channels, and you can just pick whichever car you want to listen to.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Um. So I knew that you can get like the alternate camera feeds. I didn't know you can get the alternate audio as well. I have not done oh. that.
1: Unless unless I'm confusing these these two. I feel you can get the okay. The, double check me on that. But because uh, I, I have not like, actually listened to them, but I was looking at the all the different channels that they had on it, but it could be uh camera I, feeds. I mean whatever. Like somebody There are ways to, though to listen to the different radio feeds, I'm pretty sure. Seems like
0: though. it, yeah. I listen to the compilations afterwards, like the highlights from the from the feeds that they put up on the F one. That's YouTube channel.
1: that's the way to do it. Like I I've heard broadcasters that you know they listen they're listening to all the radio signals like as the race is happening, I'm like that sounds like madness. I don't even know how you could. Can you process, imagine if the WWE
0: that? started doing this? Like they put out the gorilla feed, like the the commentators here after every show.
1: I mean, there was a time when they were doing all the international broadcasts. Like you could pick your different language on on the show. Well,
0: I, I meant more like you know the coaching, the the coaching feeds.
1: Like oh, I'd, that. Give, I'd oh,
0: give anything to get a recording of like you know Vince screaming into Michael Cole's ear. Like that's not what form.
1: I said summarily and unprofessionally. <laughs> yeah.
0: Say the the, the the humbled hand of the date, de- like that's humbled a-
1: hand. It's hell in <laughs> a cell. All
0: right. Um, we actually have a super chat here about F1, and this comes to us from Felipe from Chile who sends 2,500 Chilean pesos. He says, In this season, personally, which driver are you rooting for? I go for Leclerc haas ricardo and hamilton as the underdog this season
1: uh I, i'm always partial to to haas i i'm i just finished watching uh gunther's choice on uh as part of season three which is what what an episode where gunther's they build a choice this is gunther's choice oh when yes, yes, they're yes. at the point where they have to make changes and then it's the reveal that they're getting rid of not one but both their drivers
0: yes 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 wonderful and, drama
1: Oh, and he he's the best like he's just he's so I, good I gotta say like
0: I mean I was watching drive to survive just kind of like on, on my own not realizing that it was just like that everybody else was watching it and like you would ask me like who I was cheering for and I mentioned Gunther and you too like became like you're like so of course like I you do some research afterwards and you realize once you're really kind of plugged into like the the community this guy is like the biggest star coming out of this show. So I don't
1: know how you could watch it and not he's such a character that I mean he just jumps out at you. Like they're yeah. you know, you know, Christian Horner and like Toto Wolf are like the real strategic guys and they have like a certain charisma about them. But mm. to me, no one touches Gunther. Like he is just such a key part to to the point that like they talk about like if Gene Haas would like drop this guy. It's almost like the Netflix series would be like, no, this guy has to be uh, overseeing some team. We cannot lose him. Oh Even though man, he's, he's on a team that is like not all that successful.
0: Even if he's not on a team, like the man has some sort of job, like on a broadcast, like maybe doing interviews, like whatever. Like he, <laughs> that,
1: this guy, I think, I think is set. Um, how, so, how about how about Lawrence Stroll? Are you a fan of him, the Canadian billionaire? I, I Lance, think, Lance Stroll's I, father. Uh, Lauren Stroll. Yeah. I, I I, mean, I hate him. He's a great heel. He's a great villain. Yes. Great he's not featured too heavily, at least where, where I'm at. But the, the few times he has, I mean, it's like he's a great villain.
0: I mean, how could you not hate somebody? First of all, it's, it's pretty tough to hate a Canadian. OK, but how can you not hate somebody who's paying for his son to be in the top racing league in the world? You know,
1: but that's a fascinating part about all the – Like the Haas shakeup. It's like they go with two rookies. One, because a sponsor is willing to front these millions of dollars. Russian
0: oligarch. Yes.
1: On the, on the, on the provision that they get a German driver. And it just so happens Mick Schumacher is available. And then they get this other rookie that no one's heard of. And Gunther is just explaining, well, he's a, he's a rookie and, uh, may have some, Interesting uh, sponsorship behind him as well. Like it's it's a pure money grab like that. And that's what keeps the lights on for a Haas. So that is going to inform a ton of your driver decision making is what a driver means financially for the team, even though it might not be the most talented driver.
0: No, and and they're so transparent about it, too. You know, it's not like it's being hidden at all. Like, drivers know that they're paid tri- drivers. But I would say the difference with, with, like, Lance Stroll is I think he's at least shown competence. You know, he's he doesn't win races, but I think he's, like, he's podiumed. And I think he's, like, actually, like, seems like a good driver. This dude, um Nicholas Latifi, the other Canadian. I don't know also- anything about him. Whose dad is also mega, mega rich? Like, he, I don't, man. I didn't know there were so many rich Canadians. You know, I thought we we're like a modestly kind of like, I don't know, um, uh, country when it comes to like having millionaires. But evidently, all our millionaires have children that are in F one. This guy sucks. He's just like he's he fin- he's like dead last almost all the time, um, and really just kind of has his spot because you know, uh, dad's rich, so. I I have a, a recommendation, just kind of on this note, for because like again, this is like old news to anybody who's like listening, who's like already an F one fan, but like for me, like and John, we're just discovering this, and so like I'm basically like discovering sort of like you know the what do you what do you call that um the um botch botchomanias of like you know F one for instance. Like and there's this great site called Sim Sim Dane. I sent you a a, a version of this before, but this guy does parody songs oh, on on YouTube.
1: The, the I I didn't watch it when you first sent it to me because I didn't. I thought on season three that like there might be stuff in there I'm 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 avoiding. But over the weekend, I actually sat down and watched this. Oh my god, it was there's, so good. My, he, my heart
0: will grow. Genre. He wrote a song called "My Heart Will Grow, Jean." <laughs> About, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, about Grosjean's exit from Haas, and oh goodness, like they're <laughs> so fucking good. It's mixed in with like
1: Günther's like best lines and losing his mind. There's no one that swears with such a art ar- artistic uh, delivery like Günther. These are
0: just incredible song parodies, just like of like F1 stories, um, and they're just they're so fucking great. Like in Günther's, in like half of them, basically. It's uh. It's tremendous.
1: Is there anyone you're rooting for way back to the original question? I mean,
0: I I think I'm a Verstappen fan. I'm a Red Bull fan, you know, like last last. Well, I don't I don't want to talk so much about, you know, the finale. But like I, I, I I think I'm very much uh, cheering for for the Red Bulls and somebody in the the chat room here asks, uh, well, first of all, a lot of you are F1 fans, actually. And you're saying that uh, what is it? Uh, Rustin says F1 TV Pro has all the feeds and the car radio. So I believe it's their own service that's $80 a year, according to Brotano. Cool. So that's how you get all the audio feeds, it sounds like. And then, um, this Rustin also asked, what did you guys think about the green Red Bull cans? Did you follow this drama?
1: I, I'm oh? not familiar. No.
0: So you must have seen the episode already from Drive to Survive, where, um, uh,
1: like, I'm in the race? midst of the the pink Mercedes controversy. So We've there just you gone go. Through that, Ra- yes. there
0: you go. Racing point, um, seemingly showed up with the same design as the Mercedes from the previous year. Yes, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, what the fuck is the difference? Like they all look the same to me. <laughs> like I can't tell the difference between these cars. Now like, I, I I'm starting to like once you really like are able to study the details.
1: Yeah, but um, we had a. Oh, and th- there was like a complaint over the weekend, right? About um, yeah. It sounds like it's like if you worked at, at a previous like group or whatever, it's like what you can it's it's whether like physical uh, like details and such were, were literally moved over. Like it comes down to the definition of what is considered intellectual property that seems to be, uh, you know, where it's it sounds like it's a very gray area of what is stealing versus what is, you know, if uh, a mechanic that you have that has knowledge of what they can do like it seems like it's a very gray area that some are able to get away with and others like you you avoid kind of hitting that um th- that alarm bell that's going to hit you certainly yeah but you know at least
0: cosmetically i mean it, it it's so amusing kind of like you know seeing fans like make memes like showing things side by side and you see you're seeing exactly the same sort of like mm-hmm. uh aerodynamics and um it's, it, the team, by the way, is the same team, just rebranded this year. So the, now they're Aston Martin, but it's the same. Like, they were a racing point in the past. And people were calling this the Green Bull because they were copying, like, the Red oh, Bull.
1: Oh, okay, okay, gotcha.
0: And I think to um, almost, like, make fun of the or acknowledge it, like, Red Bull supplied the Red Bull team with green canned Red Bulls. I love it. For the whole week weekend so yeah i love this sort of shit like the shit shit flinging you know that goes on
1: yeah don't don't piss off christian horner that guy will he seems very litigious when it comes to any of this stuff
0: oh yeah i mean you know there's listen you, you, you 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 marry a spice girl you probably you probably pick up a few tricks for the media
1: well, this will conclude the F one portion of a uh, rewind and roll. No, we went like half an hour. I feel. Just well, on you know what? It was. Uh, this is. Uh, this was fun. Uh, so another race this Sunday. Any any predictions this far out Do you think it's going to be a big weekend for for Red Bull? Do you think that Ferrari is going to get get back? I I think Ferrari's in for another bad weekend. I don't think they're going to make much uh, turnaround unless this was just like some weird hiccup that's not going to be um, uh, a seismic issue for them. But man, after that. Like how much can you do in a couple of days? I mean,
0: history dictates that you know, Charles Leclerc doesn't necessarily have um, very good luck in his hometown. Um, so you know, he's already crashed once this year uh, in that historic race. Maybe he hit the bad luck out of him, but he's behind now in the in the overall standing. So I mean, I think all eyes will be on him and seeing how he does.
1: All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up, uh, Way. This was fun. Yeah. As
0: always. As yeah, I talked to you for like three, three and a half hours today. I band. don't know. I don't know how you do it. You know what? I'm kicking you off. You're you're not joining me tomorrow for the post daily oh, no. update. No, no. What uh, am I gonna you're do? You're banned. Oh, I'm definitely suspending you until three o'clock, uh, where you will join me for Ask Away. Yeah, oh, but tomorrow, yeah, that's right. <laughs> tomorrow one one p.m. I will be joined by Kate. From Montreal, we're giving John just the afternoon off, but he will be. Well, we're giving him a, a good part of the afternoon Wait, off.
1: Wade's letting me have lunch tomorrow. That's what he's letting me <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah,
0: and then he'll be joining me uh, live 3 p.m. for all Double Double Plus patrons, and then available for all patrons in archive form afterwards for the latest edition of Ask Away. So get your questions in right now at forum.postwrestling.com.
1: Yeah, post your questions before 3 p.m. Eastern time, and if you are a Double Double Ice Cap or Espresso patron, you can listen to the show live and even call in. We will be taking questions from you live as well. So that's Ask Away coming out Tuesday night for cafe members, and that is going to wrap up Rewind to Raw. Good night.